Welcome to episode number three of the Pure Wrestling Show. My name is Greg, and I'm back with you for another few minutes to go over another legendary wrestler, an iconic wrestler, possibly the most famous professional wrestler of all time. I don't think you can argue that. Some people do. But that's why we're here to have this podcast, to discuss these things. The man we're going to be going over today is none other than the legendary Hulk Hogan, the immortal Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. One of the other things we're going to discuss while going over Hulk Hogan, unlike the other wrestlers, is there's always been this thing with Hulk Hogan where people thought he had a certain ego. And that probably is part of the reason why, or comes from the reason why what I just said about him being the biggest wrestler of all time. When you're as big as Hulk Hogan, most people might develop a type of an ego. But some of the things we're going to discuss today as far as that goes is things that Hulk Hogan's actually done in the ring. Not just things he said like backstage that have turned up in interviews with other wrestlers or things like that. But things we've actually seen that you can say, you know, this guy certainly has an ego. First thing that I, well, let me get out of this out of the way first. Hulk Hogan is by far like was my favorite favorite wrestler of all time growing up as a kid. I started watching wrestling in like the mid 80s. I was very young, but I remember it very well. And like that's when Hogan just started really to explode and he got really big and I had like red and yellow everything. And so I don't want people to think I'm trashing Hulk Hogan. That's not what this is. I'm just discussing his career and part of discussing Hulk Hogan's career is certainly some of these things I want to discuss. Beginning with WrestleMania 4. Now, at that time, Hogan was uh, teamed up with the Macho Man Randy Savage, like, leading up to that. Not that night in the show, but, you know, they had the Mega Powers thing. Miss Elizabeth was the manager. It was a very popular wrestling tag team because you had, like, two of the biggest guys at that time coming together as the Mega Powers. And they were managed by Miss Elizabeth. But anyway, WrestleMania 4, Randy Savage is wrestling solo that night. He's in the, the tournament they had for WrestleMania that night at Trump Towers. Savage gets to the end. He ends up winning the belt. First time Macho Man Randy Savage. You know, all his hard work pays off. He's the World Wrestling Federation champion. He's in the ring with his real-life wife and, and, of course, manager during wrestling, Miss Elizabeth. It should have been their moment. But who's in the ring with them? Posing, doing his thing, getting just so much of the spotlight, even though that was Randy's night? Hulk Hogan. This rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I saw certain things on YouTube videos and... It tends to come up a lot. And if you think about it, like, he came in the ring, congratulated Randy, got out, boom, boom, boom. I mean, did Vince have something to do with that? Like, Hogan, we want to keep you out there, you know, like, because he was still just as popular, probably more popular, obviously, than Randy Savage, even though Randy had the belt. But I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way, and I've seen it turn up other places. So, obviously, it wasn't just me. Fast forward two years, WrestleMania six. Hogan's the champion again. You know, biggest match i would say in wrestling history i mean you had it wasn't the greatest match as far as talent wise as far as like the way hogan and the ultimate warrior wrestled but they were the biggest names they were the biggest guys and you had the champion versus champion aspect like we didn't normally see an intercontinental champion wrestling the world champion back in those days it just didn't happen but the way this came together i mean this match up in toronto was huge hogan loses to everyone's surprise most people's surprise because hogan never lost I personally didn't even think he was going to lose, even though it was the Ultimate Warrior. But the Warrior had so much heat at the time. He was really popping. He was bigger than life, the Ultimate Warrior. And it was time, you know, to put the belt on somebody else. 
even though the match wasn't the greatest. Warrior wins it, kicks out of the leg drop, which nobody ever does, does, wins the match. Warrior's moment. But there's Hogan again. Instead of just rolling out of the ring like most wrestlers do, back to the dressing room, Hulk Hogan's out there doing the hug and pointing. And even though it didn't last that long, it's still like here's another main event where Hogan's not really his moment, but Hogan's out there getting a moment. And then the biggest one, in my opinion, WrestleMania 9 with Bret Hart. Now, Bret Hart even talks about this in his book. Bret Hart is the World Wrestling Federation champion at the time. Hulk Hogan haven't, hasn't even been around, really. He was kind of doing his own little thing at the time, taking a little break. Hogan wasn't really in the picture, but he shows up at WrestleMania 9 out in the desert. I forget, I believe it was at Caesars Palace outdoor event. Really nice show, by the way. Bret Hart goes out there, loses the main event to Yokozuna. Now, Mr. Fuji had the little salt in the eyes for those of you who saw this match. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything here. This was WrestleMania 9. But Brett loses the match, not outright, but he still lost the match and lost the belt to Yokozuna. So Brett's leaving the ring. Hulk Hogan comes walking out, making sure Bret Hart's okay. And Bret Hart even, can't even stand Hulk Hogan in real life. But this is part of the show. So Brett's pointing, yeah, go get him in the ring, get him Hulk, get him Hulk. And Bret Hart put in his book, what he was really thinking at that time was like, you know, go ahead, Hogan, take from me what I worked so hard to get. Hogan gets in the ring, destroys Yokozuna like he's nothing, and then boom, 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 wins the belt. Now, Mr. Fuji did challenge Hogan, I mean, but that's part of the show. I mean, obviously this was predetermined, but Hulk Hogan was obviously in on it. And some say it depends on who you listen to. I think it was Bruce Pritchard who said, you know, Hogan, it wasn't all Hogan's idea, but then Hogan kind of says it was his idea. We don't really know, but all we know is WrestleMania 9, Hulk Hogan walks out with a black eye as the World Wrestling Federation champion. And uh, like I said, if you read Bret Hart's book, it goes into more depth about the match. And again, it's just the whole Hogan ego thing. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, he is definitely the most popular, biggest wrestler of all time. You can't argue that. Would professional wrestling be what it is today without Hulk Hogan? I guess we would never know. I don't think it would be as mainstream. You never really saw professional wrestlers on night talk shows and stuff. Hulk Hogan like broke down so many barriers with all that stuff. So we'll get to his greatest match. My opinion, his greatest match. Some say you've seen one Hogan match. You've seen most of them because a lot of his matches are similar. But I really enjoyed WrestleMania Five when the Mega Powers exploded, which I was talking about earlier. The year. Before that, you know, Randy won the belt, and then throughout that year, the Mega Powers exploded, leading up to WrestleMania 5's main event. It was a pretty good match. I like the whole aspect, because I'm a little kid, you know, so you're still really thinking it's all real, so who's Elizabeth going to be with Hogan? Is she going to be with Randy? Because as a kid, you didn't even know where they were really married in real life. I had no idea. Hogan ends up winning the match. It was a good match. Looking back on it. I would have rather Randy Savage won the match and kept the belt, but even though Hogan was my favorite wrestler at the time, over the years I really had a big soft spot for Randy Savage and his career and all the, the shadow he had to kind of be in a lot of time because of Hulk Hogan. But I still love the Hulkster. I would love to meet him, get an autograph. He's an icon. He's a legend. Um, I'm not saying anything disrespectful. It's just, you know, you go on the Internet and type in Hulk Hogan ego. It's not hard to find going to come up a lot of these things i talked about but that's going to be it for me i'm going to send it over to kyle and don 
Hopefully you guys like episode two, and there's a little spot in there where they said some really cool, nice things about me. Thank you very much, Kyle and Don. Right back at you guys. We're going to do our best to keep this thing going good, and hopefully we get our show up and running soon, and we'll have a heck of a lot more to talk about at that time. But I'm going to throw it over to them, and I will catch you guys next week. Peace out. All right, folks, we're back with another segment. Uh, Today we have an up-and-coming star from Maryland. We have the Black Blood Alchemist, Lucian Rainricks. Lucian, thanks for coming on the show with us. Thank you for having me. No, no problem at all, man. So, um, a little bit, uh, we've yet to, you know, actually meet face-to-face. We've spoken um, about various uh, industry topics and whatnot. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Don and I have gotten the chance to know you. And um, like I said, we're just glad to have you here. Thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, well, I'm going to just jump right in here with the first question. And it's sort of the standard question we ask all of our guests. Basically, you know, what got you into profession, professional wrestling? Like, why did you want to do it? And where did you get started? Well, see, I've always been a fan. I know that sounds pretty uh, cliche at this point because everybody's like, oh, I've always been a fan and blah, blah, blah. But it's the truth. I mean, you have to, if you want to stay in this business, you have to start um, liking this business at a young age. And my parents got me into wrestling and stuff, Um, showed me my first pay-per-view and stuff when I was like four. Uh, I can still remember the paper you too. It's pretty funny. But, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good, man. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, the paper you was uh, when Yokozuna um, and Undertaker had that casket match. And. It's a good one. It, yeah. <laughs> and it showed uh, the casket view of the Undertaker. Um, and stuff, and then he did that promo and stuff. So that was the first preview I've ever seen. Um, again, I was like four years old at the time. So that instantly got me hooked. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, uh, for the most part, a lot of us, um, you know, we're definitely fans first. You know, that that's pretty much the one thing most of us have in common. Um, you know, a passion and a love for just professional wrestling as a whole. Uh, you know, we can always remember particular matches, uh, pay-per-views, events that always stood out to us and, and kind of got us hooked on it. Um, so when, you know, you decided, you know, boy, you know, I really love wrestling. I, I really want to become a part of this. Um, how did you get started exactly? Um, who did you train with? I originally uh, trained with a guy named Lumberjack Monroe. Um, he, he traveled up and down the East Coast, wrestled a lot of uh, famous wrestlers like Balls Mahoney, um Tony Atlas and stuff like that. So I met him and he started training me. And um, the coolest thing about that is he trained me out of the kindness of his heart because at the time I didn't have a job or anything like that. So he took me around uh, to different places. I helped ring set up and stuff. And I got trained by um, a lot of different companies at that time because I, I like I said, he uh, taught me traveling with him and I was able to set up the ring and then get uh, training afterwards. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you definitely mentioned, um, you know, some big names there um, in regards to people that have been around the people that uh, you ultimately trained with. 
Um, so currently right now, um, I know, you know, you're from Maryland and everything. Is there a particular, um, wrestling organization that, that you're currently a part of or doing most of your work with? Uh, Delta wrestling Alliance at the moment, uh, Delta wrestling Alliance has been my home for three years now. Ever since it started, I was one of the people that helped, uh, found DWA in a sense, um, yeah, the owner is Joshua Schuler. Uh, he's a really good guy. He tries to give everybody opportunity and stuff. Yeah, we we've spoken about him actually before, um, and uh, he definitely sounds like a a really great guy. Um, you know, anybody that's willing to give anybody a shot in, in this business at the end of the day is definitely okay in our book. Now, to, to follow up with that, like, okay, when people see you in the ring, you know, what what can they expect to see uh, from your style of wrestling? My style of wrestling is heelish brawler, I guess you can call it that. I do some a little bit of hardcore as well, but not too much. I don't go, like, super stupid with the shit. Like, uh, I refuse to do anything with glass, anything with anything that involves blood, I won't do. But, um, like, when people see me in a ring, uh, people normally compare me to like Mick Foley and stuff like that, or people like that. But I'm kind of annoyed by that as well because I'm not trying to be another person. I'm not trying to mimic someone. I'm just trying to be something unique. So Uh, speaking of unique, you know, I was looking over, um, you know, uh, some of your profile actually, and I'm really intrigued by uh, the different collection of, I guess, um, mist that you use as a oh yeah the mist uh they were inspired by the great muto but i went way way overboard with them i have 10 different ones uh each mist uh has a different color and each mist does something different so i guess it's probably safe to say then you know anybody that steps in the ring with you ultimately is uh Definitely either A, not going to have a good time, or B, going to get some sort of mist. Yeah, my most favorite uh, mist to use is the mass hysteria purple mist, which causes them to have hallucinations. Oh, geez. Well, I don't need any help with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on medications for that. Uh, (laughs) But now that does leave me a question, because I said I've always watched guys like the great Muda and Tajiri and other guys who use mist. And, you know, most of them use that green mist, which is great. But my question is, what does it taste like? Like, I mean, you got to keep that in your mouth for a while. I assume, I mean, it, it can't taste good. Well, see, mine's a little bit more unique than others. I cut it with something that tastes well, something that doesn't taste too good, but it does it allows me to do that. I mean, being an alchemist, I'm I'm able to do stuff like that, you know? Well, I, I guess that's a good skill to have. Oh, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, going back to you just being in the ring in general, um, you know, do you have any sort of particular uh, favorite moment, you know, of your career up to this point or any sort of particular match that really stands out to you that, you know, you just had a lot of fun with? I actually have two matches and one really good moment. 
that I enjoyed. Um, I'll start with a really good moment. The second show we ever did for DWA, I was able to put the boss, Josh, uh, through a table, and that submitted myself and DWA at least as one of the top heels. Well, like, who wouldn't want to put their boss through a table? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, everybody else could live uh, vicariously through me at that point, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that that can Um, typically do it. Uh, What about the two moments, uh, the two matches you mentioned? Actually, both of them were really, really recent. Uh, I had a match in May against Noah Justice, which was a unique match, uh, my own creation. What it was was a ladder match for a title. And the title was, of course, hanging above the ring. However, everything else around the ring was like, like the whole around the ring was filled with weapons hanging as well. So it was nice to see a match concept that I made come to life, you know? I completely understand that. Uh, Kyle's seen my red notebook in the past, and it's got some unique match ideas that uh, maybe you'll be a part of one day. Oh, I would love it. I mean, I love taking part in history, like something that's unique, something that's never been seen before. That's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Say that you're definitely um, quite the character, and, uh, you know, you're probably not to be taken lightly in the ring at all. Um, so for anybody that maybe wants to have your booking information, um, how can they go about booking you? How can they get in touch? They can message me on Facebook, of course. So that's like the easiest way because I see like a lot of people just do business over Facebook when it comes to booking. Uh, Another thing is my email address. You can go to chadsmith52390 at gmail.com. You can uh, message one of my other email accounts because I have like five just for this character uh, to change my name up and stuff. Uh, I have the blackbloodalchemist at uh, gmail.com. I have sinister superbia, Lucian Rainricks at gmail.com. So, yeah, I have a number of different ways people can get a hold of me. And I'll make sure those go in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. I appreciate that. Well, Lucian, you know, we want to thank you for uh, coming on the show with us again. Um, You know, it it was great, you know, just getting to know you in general. So we were definitely happy to have you on. Uh, Don, did you have any uh, follow-up questions at all? Uh, None currently. I'm sure we'll probably speak uh, to him again in the future. Uh, maybe on other segments of the show. All right. Sounds good. Lucy and any closing thoughts? Not really, to be honest. Um, I do appreciate you guys having me on and stuff. I, I had a fun time. Hey, well, you're more than welcome you back, did. brother. And this is the portion of the show where we try to make a little bit of money so we can keep this going. Um, as you can <laughs> see, when you follow us, we have our, fan page on facebook we have patreon coming soon and you're listening whatever your favorite app is whether it's anchor or spotify 
Make sure you give us a follow. And if you like what you've been hearing over these last couple of weeks and you want to hear more, please go ahead and subscribe and sponsor us because every little bit will help to going to improve the show. And as we go forward here, I'm here with Kyle and I do for staying over from the last segment um, going forward here, we're going to discuss a little bit um, something that's kind of taboo for us, what we didn't really want to talk about, but I definitely feel it's something we need to talk about. And that is the current state of professional wrestling on television, because I'm sure Kyle and Lucian will both agree with me. It heavily influences what you see on the independent circuits. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So going forward here, I got to ask the the number one promotion out there. No one can deny that in terms of just longevity and everything else. The WWE, the big news on the week uh, month here for them is uh, Big E um, recently just got the belt. Um, How do you guys feel about that? I'll let Kyle go first. Yeah, so, you know, I think it was definitely long overdue. Uh, I originally remember when Biggie made his debut, you know, um, and even leading up to his uh, run with Kofi Kingston um, and Xavier Woods. And, you know, the guy, he's just a powerhouse, man. You know, the guy's yeah. in-ring ability, too, um, <laughs> is next to none. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy definitely put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, left it all in the ring. It's great to finally see him get the belt. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise, though. Uh, dare we make the argument that it could be a shot at a uh, a possible another big up-and-coming promotion that's relatively new on the scene? Um, you know, trying to compete with them a little bit. I feel some sort of similar sentiment to that, uh, Lucian. The thing is, I'm just wondering if they're going to pull a shield and eventually put the title on Xavier Woods as well. Oh, I mean, okay. Xavier Woods is another extremely talented dude. Um, the WWE has, you know, and I hate to say we want to keep this as positive as possible because, you know, there's a lot of great things going on in wrestling, but pretty much everyone out there kind of knows what I'm about to allude to. There's been a certain group that have historically in the WWE been, underrepresented holding championship belts and the WWE has some amazing talents right now who any one of them could easily run with the company as a top contender. I mean, I can't think of one who can't, I mean, whether it's uh, Lashley or Biggie, Xavier Woods, even Kofi Kingston. Uh, I mean, every one of them is exceptionally talented individuals. Oh, I agree with you completely. You know, there's circulation of guys, uh, you know, in the WWE that that really honestly deserve shot at it. Um, they're surrounded by a great pool of talent. Um, when you kind of look at it as a whole, uh, they probably have the best overall talent. Now, obviously, that's going to be up to opinion. Um, yeah, no, I'm assuming you're including NXT in that statement. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, NXT can be a whole topic of uh, conversation within itself. If NXT, you know, <laughs> just one day broke away from WWE. Uh, they would be completely self-sufficient, in my opinion. Granted, it always comes down to the way your promotions are uh, run. 
uh, a lot of behind the scenes folks um, kind of getting their hands dirty with some of the management kind of muddies the waters a little bit with some of the bigger promotions. But uh, honestly, NXT from the start has really put together a solid, um, you know, a brand altogether. And I suppose you could say probably um, about a year ago, it started to take a little bit of a dip. Um, I think you get that, though, in, in professional wrestling. I, I think you get promotions and brands just trying to do new things. Um, and it, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, just recently, just this week, in fact, NXT 2.0. Yeah, I heard the rumor that um, the reason why they switched over to 2.0 is because Vince McMahon and Bruce, per- uh, Bruce Pritchard talk over as head of creative on it just a rumor i guess at the moment yeah i mean that's pretty much exactly what i've heard whether that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing that remains to be seen i mean like i said it just supposedly happened this week um now kyle you just alluded to something very good you know you said wwe massively deep talent pool and it's probably about as deep as it is wide um but you know if you follow the online forums and stuff, they've been releasing talent left and right. And their number one competitor, AEW has been signing that talent, which in my opinion, overall is a great thing to show that there are other venues out there that talent can go to besides the WWE. So AEW, I mean, what have they done recently in your guys' mind? That is just, just amazing. So, you know, when it comes to AEW, um, it's kind of an interesting take on things because when you think of the WWE, you know, you think of Raw, SmackDown, obviously NXT, and, you know, the numerous pay-per-views that go with it. AEW is just so much more than AEW. Uh, You have a conjunction of, uh, you know, TNA, you know, being a partner with them, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling being a partner with them. All the different talent they're signing along the way. Um, and if there's one good thing uh, about the state of wrestling as a whole right now, is there are a whole lot more folks nowadays getting paychecks than they used to. And there's yes. nothing wrong with that. Yes, that, that's something wrestling is needed since WCW went under. I agree. I miss WCW. I miss it so much. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Monday Night War, th- that could be three or four shows all by itself. Oh, um, God, easily. So, of course, we've got AEW out there. We've got the WWE. Uh, as you mentioned, got New Japan, uh, TNA, and, of course, Impact, um, which is right here in Nashville, as a matter of fact, is where they're based out of. In fact, they've got shows this weekend. Um wonder if I should drive over to one. <laughs> <laughs> But so I said, you know, with the current state of wrestling, you've got these major promotions out there. Do you think it's good that they keep themselves separate from each other? Or do you think it would be better if they found a way to work together? Or is competition in this case really a good thing? Well, the only person that's not working together or the only group that's not working together is WWE. Like everybody else apparently is uh, involved with the Forbidden Door, as I keep calling it. Uh, you have New Japan guys showing up on AEW. You have um, New Japan guys showing up on Impact. You have AEW guys showing up on Impact. So, well, you've got all, AEW guys showing up all over the independent scene as well. That's Absolutely. true too. 
Um, who knows? Maybe some of the guys who appeared on the first uh, PWF show, you know, all those years ago, might see them back in the uh, PWF ring. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, we we always start out that we had on that show. I mean, uh, geez, you know, Joey Janela. I look at him. You know, he's a Renee star in AEW at this point. Yeah, you add in Renee Michelle. I mean, absolutely. Both yeah. of them. I mean extremely talented individuals. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm shocked at how far Renee Michelle has gone. I mean, uh, she had the look. I mean, you could see that from day one, but I mean, the girl's got dedication. I mean, she is out there constantly working out and proving herself and proving herself in the ring time and time again. Um, I think WWE dropped the ball, not keeping her. I mean, she made a few early appearances there and then I don't know what happened, but I think they dropped the ball not keeping her uh, in their stable. Yeah, it's hard to really uh, understand a lot of the finite workings that go on behind these bigger promotions. You know, a lot of us uh, even turn to the dirt sheets to really even try to comprehend, you know, why someone got released. Um, At the end of the day, business is going to be business. You know, those decisions are going to be made, uh, you know, in a boardroom and whatnot. Um, but like I said, the one thing that I'm definitely glad about is we have so many big promotions out there just from a televised perspective. So many people, um, you know, are getting their shot to go in front of large audiences, uh, you know, globally too. Yeah. <laughs> you I was, know, I was just going to uh, say internationally. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I mean, you can't undersell that at all. So it's definitely an exciting time uh, to be involved in the business, but also to be looking at it um, from the outside in as a fan. I can concur with that. Lucian, you got anything to throw in there? Yeah, I'm just kind of confused at the moment because I was flipping through the channels and of course, SmackDown came on and uh, Kane's back and on SmackDown. Uh, he's kind of currently running for mayor of Knox County here too. Yo, he he is. Oh, he he's an amazing individual. I mean, it's just. It, it, I mean, but that's that's the thing with the wrestling world. I mean, people come from all walks of life. They do all kinds of things outside of wrestling that a lot of people don't hear about. Um, you know, there's just so much going on out there. I, the wrestling world. You know, when you look at it with the bigger promotions out there, AEW, WWE, TNA, Impact, um, the talent pools are deep. The talent is, I mean, it's off the charts. Like, I mean, I, said, I grew up, you know, uh, in the 80s, 90s watching wrestling. And don't get me wrong, some of those guys had some larger than life personalities, extremely talented individuals. But, I mean, I, the stuff I see happening in the rings today, um, and I'm not talking, you know, the flippy stuff off the top ropes and stuff um, and the stuff that just looks choreographed. I mean, I'm personally not a fan of that. I get it. People love it. It's not my cup of tea, but the athleticism just across the board, I, I think, is so deep now. Um, there's just so many talented individuals doing stuff that I don't think the guys back in the day even dreamed possible. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the... Uh the nature of the business a little bit probably has evolved. And I mean, that goes with anything in life. There's always going to be some form of evolution, uh, no pun intended, um, <laughs> you know, within the confines of, uh, of anything. And I totally agree with you. You know, it, it's just way different nowadays. You know, these guys and women that, that are stepping into that ring, 
I mean, you can tell all the time and dedication they, they put not just in learning the craft itself, but just the time they actually put in at the gym. Um, unbelievable, you know, and, and it, it, like I said, it can't be undersold just how great it is to, to just be a fan nowadays, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree. Long as they keep with the whole psychology. Yes. It. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think that's what, um, and I think the difference between what you see on TV and what you'll see at a lot of independent shows is when you're on TV, there's a long-term plan, you know, and you're out there every week. You can, you have time to tell a story. Um, I mean, you know what the WWE uh, runs, what 48 weeks out of the year, if I'm correct. Um, pretty much. They only take the Christmas season off. Um, and they're running what, like I said, I think it's 48 weeks out of the year. They're, they're running shows and you're talking televised shows, house shows. Um, I'm not even going to get into the schedules of the other promotions. I mean, I'm sure they're all pretty similar, where most of your independent shows, unfortunately, for whatever reason, only run monthly. And these guys try to do the same thing. And I'm, I'm not saying the independents are struggling. No, independent wrestling is massive in this country. If, if you live somewhere, pretty sure you can find a show within a half hour drive of where you live. I mean, it may not be the greatest show, but there's a show there somewhere. Um, you just got to oh, look for them how you want them. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, wrestling has to start somewhere. Um, and, and, you know, it starts on the independent circuit. I mean, you know, one day, uh, you know, you're, you're just wrestling, uh, you know, whether it be a VFW hall or a gymnasium, maybe in, in front of a rather smaller crowd. Next thing you know, years go by, you know, you're, you're in a packed out stadium sold out. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, the independent shows, they need to stop pretending they're the WWE. They got to stop pretending they're AEW and book for your audience. You know, put on a show and tell a story for your audience. You don't need to run 15 storylines at every level of the card because the fans aren't going to remember them if they're only seeing you once a month. You know, one or two good storylines. And I, uh, you know, what the indies need to do, but you know, <laughs> I'm comparing apples to apples here. You know, I mean, you're running the same product, but you can't run it the same way. You know, there's WWE and the shows on TV. They're certain apple pie, independence, apple fritters, man. I mean, it's product. Yes, it's baked, but you got to do it on a simple. Um, people aren't gonna remember what happened last month on 15 different storylines. Keep it simple. I'm um, the kiss method. We, <laughs> but, oh, yes. um, but and, and that even goes to the big shows too, though. Sometimes the storyline too convoluted or they're just dragged out too long and we were before we went on the air here uh, in fact i think we were just talking about that you know you turn on the tv week after week and it's like the same general matches at the top of the card week after week you can miss months turn it back on and it feels like you only missed a week you know a few little things seems to have changed but overall it's still the same show um and you know, I mean, unless my perception is wrong on that, I don't think it is. Uh, I want to bring up a meme real fast, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, if you know, Trubois was recently in the hospital because he had a heart problem at the moment. Um, but and, uh, but the, that's not the funny part. That, I'm sorry. That, that's not the funny part. The funny yes. part was uh, it showed him waking up in the hospital. And he was like, oh, I want to check on Adam Cole and the boys. 
And <laughs> and for those that don't know, Adam Cole left NXT the week of the uh, that he had the heart incident. And he was in the hospital and went to AEW. So, like you, yeah. like you said, right, right. Think things can cha- things change fast, but at the same time, they seem like they never change. Um, <laughs> um, it's just it, it's strange. Um, I mean, do you guys have anything you guys want to talk about in terms of the bigger promotions, like things that are being, you know, things that you would like to see if um, you know that you think would benefit wrestling on a whole. You know, I, I do want to make one note uh, about something uh, just from kind of like personal experience, um, just kind of touching base on AEW a little bit. You know, we mentioned about how um, they're essentially a partnership with with Impact and New Japan, and there's a lot of talent going back and forth and they're in front of different global audiences, which is it's awesome to see them working together. You know, sometimes I feel as if on the independent circuit, uh, you don't see that too much. Um, sometimes I, I kind of feel like the, the nature of it um, is a little bit like, uh, well, you know what, you're running another promotion or you're running another show and uh, uh, we don't want nothing to do with you. You know, it, it, it's us or you. And, uh, that, you know, that really bothers me. I, I've always looked at the business as a brotherhood. There's a lot of camaraderie to it. You know, you're on the road with guys, you get to know each other. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's really not about the, the brands uh, themselves, but it, it's really about uh, the togetherness uh, and, and the camaraderie of it all. Yeah, I mean, I've worked backstage on several different promotions when I was still up in Northeast PA. And right. it, it was the same talent on most of the shows. A couple of faces changed here and there. But heck, we all knew each other. You know, we, we were working a different show two nights before or the week before or something like that. You know, um, you'll see tag teams or individuals have rivalries where they get booked on the different shows and they continue that rivalry, but it's just a different name on the billboard. I mean, I, I don't know why the promoters themselves, and I, I said it before, I, I know exactly why. Egos are the biggest issue there. Um, they want to be the guy in charge. Heaven forbid somebody else gets a leg up. Um, but I mean, heck, that can be a big segment. And in fact, I plan on talking about that when we have uh, some of our guests on in the future, guys like Jack Lord and some of the others we plan on bringing on. Absolutely. But, um, I mean, they can definitely give some insight into that. But like I said, it, it's the egos. There's no reason independent shows and can't, can't work together. Um, especially if you're local. I mean, in fact, if you're local, you, you better find ways to work together. I mean, you, you ain't going to be competing for the same 500 people if you're all running on the same night. It's going to do no one any good. Uh, right. Find ways to work together, build everybody up, and it's better for everyone across the board. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's it should be the way of things, and who knows, maybe some promotion out there might just do that i i don't know and What's the up? funny thing and the funny thing is you mentioned um the brotherhood or brotherhood and everything people don't realize how fun it is later on down the line to tell road stories of what happened with you and a group of people inside of a uh, vehicle and whatnot and it sucks because everybody's like, oh, I'm going to drive myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All right, go right ahead. You're going to be missing out of like 90% of the fun. Like the, 
the wrestling is fun. Wrestling is great and everything. However, most of the fun comes from hanging out with your boys. Right. And yes. just to kind of add on to that, too, because um, <laughs> I agree and with so that much can be learned too. is um, it's really not about the destination, but just that journey together. Um, just all the people you know along the way, all the stories, all the good times you have. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's really all it, it, it boils down to. Th- those are the moments that you really retain. This one's short, but um, we're pushing our time limit here. You know, anything you guys want to get in last minute here before we let the fans go? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to take up so much time. <laughs> no, no, no. We were happy. You were uh, willing to stay over and uh, chat with us a little longer. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, definitely. I second that. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on again, Lucy. And, um, you know, I've been following your career a little bit down there in, in Delta with, with great interest. And uh, I'm sure we're definitely going to be in touch with you again. That'd yeah. be fun. Anytime you want me on a show or anything, just give me a call. Sounds good, brother. Definitely. And Kyle, you want to take us home? Yep. So thanks for listening, folks. As always, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate your support. And as always, I'm Kyle D. And I'm Don. And this is the Pure Wrestling Show. <laughs>